Right, hey folks, it's Commander Mark Devine coming at you from Seal Fit Headquarters in sunny Encinitas, California, with our weekly podcast. Uh, hope you're all doing well. This week, I'm super stoked to have Trip Lanier here. Uh, Trip and I have chatted in the past, and um, he's got a really neat business. It's called the or a podcast business called the New Man Podcast, and I love his subtitles: Beyond the Macho Jerk and the New Age Wimp. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Now, Trip has. Um, done a lot of things in his life, and I'll let him give us a little background, um, kind of as a lead-up, so we get to know him a little better. But I love his, um, and his bio is just so authentic in the back, or in the bottom it says, or the end of it, it says, uh, you know, Tripp is married to his um, a therapist relationship coach, Allison Lanier, has the best daughter in the whole wide world. He lives near the ocean and spends much of his time surfing, playing music really loud, and laughing his ass off. Sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> trip welcome buddy thanks very much thank you mark it's good to be back i love talking with you so i'm, I'm looking forward to this yeah it's going to be a lot of fun and listen folks be- before we get started i want to remind everyone that if you're not on our email list then you're missing out because we um we announce new content and my blog goes on the email list and seal fit tv episodes and also occasionally we have some really cool uh freebie or or um offer that's only available to those who are subscribed or email list. So go to sealfit.com and drop your email into the opt-in form. So Trip, it would have been like almost a year and a half since we chatted. Gosh. Uh, looks like you've got a, you've moved, you've moved locations from yep. Colorado down to North Carolina. And um, that I'm sure that's a big change for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, it seems like we've been in flux for uh, always. It seems like the last 10 years has been in this constant state of flux. I think I've just started to recognize, oh, this is how it is instead of <laughs> hoping for that one day when everything's done and completed. And yeah, no uh, yeah just yeah, kind of true. embracing the embracing the flux. Yeah. Embrace the flux and learn how to surf it. Yeah. I say that. I can't say I'm a huge fan of <laughs> flux all the time, but uh, I, you know, I definitely. Well, even um, when you surf, you have to wait for the new, you know, the sets to roll in, right? And so that those are your, that's your downtime. That's your that's your strategic pause in between it's sets. <laughs> it's life. true. It is true. Yeah, and it's it's a great way to look at it because I, you know, I coach some guys and they're they're in this, you know, never enough kind of mindset, and they they don't know how to how to give themselves that time to recover. And so, right. you know, it's great when we do something like surfing, where, you know, that whatever we're playing in gives us that opportunity and and use it, like yeah, use it totally. And I was I was thinking about that this weekend, you know, during Kokoro Camp, right? We had our Kokoro Camp thirty four this weekend, and. um you know, oftentimes I'm just like, oh God, you know, I got to get through this camp. You know, so there's a lot of stress in holding the space for, for people, you know, going through that kind of bone crushing work. Sure. And um, yet I found this kind of moment in the middle where I was like, you know what, uh, this is amazing, right? It's just, just being here right now on the beach in California with, you know, 20 individuals from around the world who are, you know, working harder than most of humanity knows how to work or whatever, imagine working with the sole purpose of trying to find something new, to try to learn something new about themselves, to try to deepen their character, to try to, you know, grow as a human being. I'm like, this is amazing, you know, and, mm. and all thoughts of any type of business, growth, money, dr- you know, drive, all just kind of evaporated into this, this um, nowness of how cool it was just to be able to do this. 
Isn't that and amazing? Just shifting the, how the way you think about it sure. had you go into a totally different uh, it did. emotional it was, state. It was too. awesome. It was very empowering to me. And it, and it was a lesson to, to kind of eat my own dog food in that domain. Is like, holy cow, you know, I teach, you know, being in the present. But when I do these training events, oftentimes, you know, I'm, I'm really engaged in the, you know, content development and delivery of the content and, you know, being in front of these people and holding the space and keeping the coaches accountable and, and all the little details. And I'm, you know, I'm missing the, my own joy of the event. And so it was mm. quite, it was quite cool. Anyways. I think I, it's cool for you to share that because I, I run into this from time to time, just from hosting a podcast and just from coaching people that I think that there's, I remember being in this mindset like, oh, that guy's got it figured out. That yeah. guy doesn't deal with these challenges. He right. doesn't go through his day and he's not spun out by this and that. And, and um, I think it's just great. I want to destroy that myth. You I know, do I wanna, too, yeah. And, and, and say, so, yeah, you know, I still, I still am challenged by that. I get into these states of mind and I'm developing tools to deal with it. I'm developing practices to deal with it. Right. Um, but let's let go of this expectation that there's a finish line and you're not, you're, you're, you'll, you'll be free. You'll be exonerated from these types of thoughts from, um, cause that's, I think that's what creates even more suffering. For sure. And there's, and the other, the other kind of corollary to this is that this cultural myth that we have this economic myth that we have that, that if we're not growing, you know, if we're not growing revenue and, and if we're not constantly moving forward, then we're dying and mm. we're moving backwards. And I think, you know, there is some element of truth that, you know, because we were talking about surfing the waves, right? You, you have this, this constant change. And if you're not adapting and molding yourself to the change, you know, for, um, for optimal effect, then there's a good chance that you will be left behind or that your business will lose its relevance. But at the same time, I don't think it's healthy to think that that has to look like more all the time. It has to be bigger structure, bigger organization. And, and, and I noticed you've downsized in your life, you know, from selling a company to try to start a business that, you know, doesn't really need an office or even a location. Right. Right. And, um, and I know that I've been in the past trapped in this mindset that, you know, I've got to grow the business to, okay, here, we're going to get it to five million and then 10 million. And then, oh, look, maybe it could be $25 million or something like right. that someday. And, and like, as if that more is better. Right. And I even address this in my book, but I, just facing it head on and thinking, well, geez, more doesn't, you know, it doesn't always have to be better. It's like actually pretty damn good right now. And the lifestyle is pretty incredible. You know, and, and what kind of yeah. what kind of change and separation would you create? Even the separation from your own uh, community would you mm. create by having an organization two, three, four, ten times the size? You know, I, co- I I it is interesting, and I I was I was this guy. You know, ten years ago, I had I had a successful business. It was a small business, but I I realized more money wasn't going to solve the right. challenges I was facing. Right. Um, it wasn't going to kind of help me with the, with the, that nagging voice that I had. And I coach a lot of guys in that domain and, and I love that they hit this wall, but and they, it freaks them out because they, they've up until this point, the purpose was to make money. The purpose was to grow, but that was just, it was, that's just a facade. Like right. what's the money in service of what's the company really in service of. Right. And a lot of them just uh, the bottom line, they want to have, an, they want to have powerful experiences. They want to feel more free. They want to feel more lit up. They want to feel peace of mind. They want to have really strong, loving connections in their life. And so how do we, how do we have the business empower us to do that? 
Um, that's the real question. And then yeah. they start to realize, wow, I'm so much closer <laughs> to yeah. this than I really and focusing want. On, focusing on just the revenue and profit is, is just a, a small piece of the equation. You know, there's, there's far other things, uh, far more important things probably that we could be focusing on to measure our success, you know, to, absolutely, to absolutely. the value we're delivering to our tribe and our teams and the health of, of both the, you know, our individuals and the teams and the organization and, uh, our own, you know, kind of peace of mind and balance in life, you know, we should, you we should develop metrics around that and then balance those against the drive for profit and revenue. I think so. And I think that's where we go from being extrinsically motivated to intrinsically motivated. It's right. really easy when we're in that pack mentality. What's he doing? I want to get ahead of him or what are they doing? I want to be better than that. Right. Um, and then, the, but to shift it, wow, what's, what's the lifestyle I want? Where do I feel most alive? Where do I feel most free? Where do I feel like I've got stuff in the tank so I can contribute and actually do something meaningful? And, and that's a much more, you know, that, that I think we got to go through that phase though. I think we've got to kind of burn that out sure. and then say, now what? And you know, that's where the guy finds me I and mean, he's asking right. himself like, now what? And that's where we pick up the conversation. Right on. I totally get that. And so let's, let's talk a little bit about what you do, you know, Let's go back and start with the, the, the tagline of your podcast, right? The, yeah. You know, what is a, a new age wimp and what is a macho jerk? And, and, and uh, it reminds me of when we talked, um, when I studied integral theory, how um, when I, were talk, I was reading an article uh, from Ken about politics and he said, well, you know, where we need to move to is like a, a post-liberal, post-conservative world. And so what you're really saying is we're moving from to a post-macho jerk, post-new age wimp world, because those are the two kind of dominant paradigms of what manhood has kind of come to mean in this, you know, in the last 50, 100 years. I think so. I think you're, you're right on track that we are, you know, what is beyond that? Um, you know, a lot of us are, you know, stuck in these kind of dualities. Well, if I, if I, I, I can't appear weak, you know, you and I've talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. There's this, we have to avoid appearing weak. Well, so we, we turn, we puff ourselves up, become the macho jerk. Uh-huh. And then there's guys that are afraid of that macho-ness. Maybe they've had uh, bad experiences with certain forms of masculinity in their life. And so they, they soften themselves to the degree that they don't stand for anything. There's no firmness. There's, there's no trust in this man. And, and so ne- nobody wants to be either one of these guys. I have yet to have an angry letter from the macho jerks of, of America saying, <laughs> you know, cut it out. Stop so, it. You're stop. ruining our reputation. You're hurting, you're hurting our feelings. You know, <laughs> I haven't heard that from the uh, macho jerks of the world. That's hilarious. So, um, yeah, it, it really is about what's beyond that. What does the integrated male look like? What's it look like to have brains, heart, guts, and balls? And, yeah. um, and that's exciting. That's, I think a lot of guys feel relief of like, wow, I can actually start to bring more of myself online. I get to be more of myself uh, instead of uh, worrying about being um, you know, kicked out of, out of the group. Yeah. No, I totally I love that because when you think, when you align it with what I'm doing at Seal Fit and Unbeatable Mind, you know, we... We seek to develop in an integrated fashion using a warrior, you know, archetype. And so we want to develop physically, mentally, emotionally, intuitionally, and spiritually. And in order to do that, you know, especially the emotional and spiritual side, you have to, you know, be very vulnerable. You have to, you know, to develop authenticity, you have to be willing to admit your failures and your weaknesses. And and even to grow, you know, physically, the way I look at it is that, you know, we, we expose ourselves to extreme training through things like Kokoro Camp and everything. And, and that um, teaches us that we really aren't Rambos and that even, even if we're physically tough, 
there's either going to be someone or something that's tougher than you. So yeah, so check your ego at the door, you know, and ask, yeah. learn to ask for help. Learn to be a good teammate. Yeah, absolutely. So, I love the work that you're doing. I think it's one of the few examples that we have of of that integrated male. You know, when guys ask me what is the new man, it's pretty hard. I, I don't. I, I want to help them ask that question for himself. What does that look like for himself to be the new man? Right. But I, you know, early on, every interview that people were doing with me, they wanted to find the guy that was the new man, and <laughs> and because uh, they just want to like, okay, do whatever he does, just act right. like him. But it's it's an inside out thing. Yeah, it doesn't really uh, work that way. Even though modeling can help point the way for sure yeah you know? yeah yep you're right it is i have a chapter in my book titled or a section saying that i think the title is you have to go in to get out mm. isn't that interesting yeah. like you really do have to you have to like excavate the and plumb the depths of your character and your soul and then once you find what you're looking for it's not enough to just hunker down and stay in the meditation bench right you then you've got to bring that out back to the surface and let it color your personality and your character so that you can so that you can show up in the world more authentically and with with humility and grace and then you can also serve others you know you can't yeah. i think a lot of um new age folks got that wrong and they just want to go sit on the meditation bench and then they get this kind of spiritual egoism around themselves when they're in the world and they they don't develop that humility and they don't integrate and yeah. they, they want to hide and pretend that you know the world exists only their world only exists uh you know in the in the exalted confines of their dojo or their yoga right. studio or the self realization fellowship you know i you know just on this point i have this is kind of funny dichotomy going on because you know encinitas is a really uh spiritual town let's just say it's it's super athletic town on the coast of california but it's also yeah. it's kind of like the place that yoga really penetrated the america between uh, Chicago had a little bit with the B- Baptista and then um, San Francisco and then Paramahansa Yogananda and Tim Miller and Patabi uh, um, Joyce and his son all landed here in, in um, Encinitas. So there's literally like a hundred yoga studios here. Uh-huh. But anyways, here we are, seal fit in the middle of town. And, you know, occasionally at five or six in the morning, you know, we're out there with the bullhorns and, and hoses and it's just chaos. <laughs> and, and we have the Self-Realization Fellowship, which is a neat, organiz- neat, neat organization right down the road from us, founded by Paramahansa Yogananda. He's the author of The Autobiography of a Yogi, which is a fantastic read. It's on my reading mm-hmm. list. He's a really interesting guy. But these guys are super into, you know, they're very into their meditation and everything's quiet and, you know, they've got these beautiful Zen gardens, you know. And a lot of the folks who live near us, you know, are kind of devotees, so to speak. And so we get these phone calls that saying, hey, you're, you're ruining the spiritual nature, you know, uh, environment of Encinitas. Mm. Isn't it interesting? And I'm like, no, we're not. Actually, we're, <laughs> we're developing spirit. We you're are, expanding it. We're yeah. expanding spirit. We're just doing it in a way you don't understand because you've reclused yourself to the meditation bench in solitude. And that's fine. You know, I'm not judging that. But my point earlier was that once you go in, then you... In order to have, you know, um, to really grow as a human being and to have value through service, you've got to kind of bring that back out into the world, both both in yourself and how you act, and also you know, through your act, you know, through your actions with as a service or a servant to others. And we're doing the same thing. We're doing the same thing. We're just using the physical training uh, to get through to that inner inner depth, as opposed to sitting on a bench. And so, you know, don't judge us. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's such a powerful, it's a powerful idea. I mean, it's a, it, when I work with guys, we talk about this concept of wholeness and we have, we can get into this place of, well, if I could just get rid of this part of me, the guy that gets angry, or if I could just get rid of this part of me, the guy that's weak, or I could get rid of this part of me, the guy that wants to have sex with every woman on the planet, then, (laughs) then I'd be acceptable, right? Right. Then I could be okay. And it sounds like there are certain religious organizations like, well, if we could just get rid of these loud seal fit guys, right. then they're we'd ruining be more peace. <laughs> <laughs> we could be more whole and you know be a, a just civilization. And I, but I think it, it's really powerful to say, can I embrace these parts of me that I'm I'm actually really uncomfortable with? Like right. these are the even these parts that I don't want to show the world. Can I accept them? Can I bring them into the fold? Because it's that exclusionary process, that part where we cut ourselves off, that uh, that's where the, the real suffering begins. That's where we, we, we are hiding ourselves from the world and we are diminishing ourselves. Um, so I love that you know, you've got this community version of it, but it also plays out on a personal level. For sure. Yeah. So when you coach, like, what, are the, what are the most common themes and, and what are, you, what are like your, the most successful... I don't want to call them hacks, but the most successful um, tools that you've you know provided to clients or or recommendation you've provided to clients to help them you know become well, what you call a new man. You know, it's actually a really simple process. A big part of it is just helping this guy. Re- you know, we go through an archaeological process basically to, right. to what does he really want? What is he waiting to do? What does he want more than this temporary? illusion of security or comfort Uh what does he want more than just to fit in or to be as good as this or to prove that he's this or that and so we really start to and it might take a while it might take years to get down to this place where we're really in touch with this is the dream this is what i believe in this is what i stand for uh you're you're such a proponent of the why but a large part of that is like, yeah, what is your why? What is the thing that you really, really care about? And that's a scary place because that's where we, you know, that could be rejected. Um, that, that's, the, that's me, right? If, I, right. I, if this is what I want and this is what I stand for, that's a re- really vulnerable place. Um, and then I'd say from there, it's uh, how do we align our actions with that? You know, how are we creating that in our day instead of waiting for the opportunity or waiting for permission to then pursue or create that, uh, that in our life? And a, a big myth that most of the guys, and I'll raise my hand here too, is that we're believing or, or hoping that it, we once once I'm not scared anymore, right. then I can go for it. So, once I'm yeah, not uncomfortable, waiting for some obscure point in the future. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's going to be this thing like it's, it'll be the right time when I'm not scared or when I'm not uncomfortable and or when I feel confident. Then, oh, of course, then I'm going to I'm going to that's when I'm going to kick it in the ribs and we're going to right. really get going. And right. and so a big part of our work, you know, in addition, it's, it's one thing to get those powerful distinctions. But now let's take that vision and turn it into a reality. And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we're going to confront our fears. Mm-hmm. And I like to start small. I like to like, what's the smallest thing you can do today? What's the smallest thing you can do tomorrow? And now we're, you know, we're, we get the train going and, mm-hmm. and before long, they're just blown away by the progress that they're making. And, and a lot of them get bummed out. They kind of hit this other dip of like, I can't believe I wasted however many years of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm like, don't worry about it. We're, we've only got today. We're, we're moving forward from here. Um, but that's, that's the big part of it is a lot of them are waiting for that permission hmm. or for them to feel confident that it's, it's okay to go for it. But, right. uh, you know, that's, that's, we, we just create really strong agreements. What are you going to do today? What are you going to do this week that's going to make a difference? And we right. define that and they do it. And that's what creates the transformation. 
That's cool. Yeah, and they've got you to hold them accountable. And, that, and accountability is such a big thing with this because most people they won't they won't take the action if, unless there's someone watching over their shoulders. You know, drumming their fingers on the desk. How are we doing with that? You know, and I and I think there's a trap in in some of that because I can't want what you want more than you do. Right. Of course not. You know, and and so I I, I try to help them uncover that thing that they want more than anything and it's it's like get out of my way trip i've got to go get this done like that's what i want to help him mm-hmm. kind of get into uh i don't like to create a an environment where well shit i got to do this or else trip's going to be mad at me mm-hmm. um you know sometimes that works and we'll create certain agreements but i ultimately i want to help him you know he's pushing me out of the way uh right. that's what i want i want i ultimately want to work myself out of a job yeah no totally you know back to um you said earlier um you know, the first step is to try to get them to really understand what they want and what they're waiting to do. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking that one of the one of the things we do in our academies, because I have a lot of time to work with folks, you know, three, five, and 20 some odd days when they come and live with me, you know, is purpose finding. I call it the 3PS process. So I have them really reflect upon and we have conversations around what they believe that their higher order purpose is in life. You know, they're, they're kind of God-given reason for being on this planet. And then, you know, that is somehow influenced by the things that you're passionate about. So we want to also dig into what's, you know, what's your passion or what are your passions. And then, of course, it's going to be guided by your principles. And, um, you know, besides just sitting in a leadership course and, you know, coming up with some vanilla values and a, a statement, a, a mission statement for your life, most people don't really spend a lot of time thinking about these things, yet they are utterly crucial you know, for establishing what I call your set points, like, you know, where are you now and where are you going to go right. from here? And if you don't know where you're going to go, then it doesn't matter where you are now. You're never going to get there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but it's not easy for people. Like I, I just, some people just have no idea. Yeah. And they've completely been kind of blind just following a path that was kind of carved out for them by their parents or society or whatever. Yeah. And others have kind of a ill-formed idea and they're they're sort of partly fulfilling but it's not they're not happy because it's not in the way that makes them feel um whole, you know what I mean? So they mm-hmm. you might you know some people might think that their purpose is to be, you know, a navy seal, but they don't really understand that that there's a deeper purpose that's driving that behavior, you know what I mean? Right. Once they right. can connect with that deeper purpose, then, then things change. And I'll give you a great example of this. Um, and, th- and again, this is the luxury of having three weeks to work with an individual to get this kind of change. But we sure. had, I had one guy as a Marine Intel officer or a um, senior enlisted guy, super neat guy, um, does all sorts of super secret stuff. Anyways, he had been wanting to be a SEAL because, you know, his, the archetype of the SEAL, you know, was so powerful. And even though most people think Marines are tough, he was like, I really want to be a SEAL. You know, that's the, the pointy edge of the spear. And so for two years, he'd been training to make a transition from Marine Corps into the SEALs, which is not uncommon, by the way. A lot of, a lot of Marines cross over into the SEALs. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, so he comes to my three-week SEAL Fit Academy and the Kokoro Camp with, this, with the stated intention of, you know, developing the mental toughness and the skills so he can succeed in this, in this uh, bid of his, right? Well, unbeknownst to him, you know, part of the academy is to do this deep, you know, deep dive into your soul, so to speak, and to really get clear about who you are and where you're going. And so you can develop authenticity, which really is a, cr- a key to being a good leader and, and having trustworthy relationships is that authenticity and to be very 
aligned with who you really are and where you're supposed to be going in life. And so anyways, he, he goes through this process that we put him through and the, the contemplation exercises and journaling. And of course, that's combined with all the you know, being torn apart physically and, and mentally and emotionally on the grinder and under a log and in the ocean. And what he comes up with is that he, he changes his whole, his entire orientation to his purpose. He, in just a few words, it shifts his life trajectory. So he, he, he originally was my, um, my purpose is to be a sheepdog and to serve, you know, in an elite unit to protect the country. And so that's what was driving him into the SEALs. And during the academy, he shifted and, and he realized that his purpose was b- bigger than that. And it was to be a sheepdog for all of God's creatures. Mm. And that shift literally was so profound that it took all the energy and impetus away from him to being a SEAL and got him to literally realize that he wanted to do something that was radically different and that could serve all of humanity. And so he literally gave up his bid to be, to be a SEAL and went back to his unit when he was and told his commanding officer that he was, he was getting out of the Marine Corps, you know, at his next, you know, when his uh, commitment was up. Wow. And that he's going to go, go down a different path, which I imagine would be a, you know, he, he wanted to go back to school, but it sounded like a spiritual path. Yeah. How, how fascinating was that? Isn't that cool? That is amazing. You know, it reminded me as we're, as we're talking that one of the traps we can get into is this idea that I'm supposed to know and I'm, I don't do anything until I know that somehow right. this idea is just going to like pop into my head. Sure. And, and I, I, don't, I don't think it works that way. I, I think that either. this process of finding out what we, what we love and what we want to do is an, ex, it's an, it's an active process. It it's is. an, ex, it's being yeah. engaged and experimenting and trying things out. And that's what a lot of us are hesitant to do. We're hesitant to risk. We don't want to lose time. We don't want to lose energy. We don't want to lose money. Right. And so we, we just sit back and maybe I'll listen to a podcast and maybe I'll read this book. But I love to like get out there and try shit. Go out try there and try and see what your actual experience is. And you may need to try it for three months, six years, whatever. But I, I just love to implant that idea into, into somebody's head that it wasn't until he got right. neck deep into this right. that he was able to see. And it was all coming from that experience. And so right. I'm for sure. I, yeah, I want again another myth to blow up is this idea that I'm just supposed to know, and it's like no, you've got to you no. only know by going and trying stuff my, out. My sense is you, most people don't just know, and if you are, you're pretty darn lucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that <clears throat> through it, it's a it's a multi layered process. You do have to think about it. You do have to to study and research, and you do have to you know journal and you and then. But you're right. If you get so much uh, more information by going and actually trying something or, or getting as close to it as you can. Like, like this guy couldn't go try to be a Navy SEAL, but he could try SEAL fit, which is pretty damn close. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't like coaching for a while and I was, I was getting ready to, to quit coaching. And it was because I was, when I first started out, I was going through the trainings and all that kind of stuff. And I was trying to be a quote unquote good coach. And right. It was lousy. Like I, I just would sit in these sessions, and it was like I, I felt like everything. I was this pressure, and I had to get it right, and I couldn't screw up, and all this kind of stuff. I was like, "Screw this!" <laughs> and so I decided then and there. I was like, "Well, I'm going to coach as if I'm willing to be fired in any session." Right. And that's when it got yeah. fun. I like that. And and that and but I I don't think I would have gotten to that point unless I you know because I hadn't really coached up into that point. So right. you know yeah yeah. How, well, how would you do it if you were willing to be fired? That's a great. Great yeah, place to start, you like know? That. You know, when I was looking, when I was going through my kind of um, 
confusing period of what's next and who am I. I was fortunate enough to be in my early 20s. That's when I was a CPA working on Wall Street. And, and I started, you know, through my meditative practice, I started to get the sense that that was a complete misalignment and that I was really meant to be a warrior. And then, but I didn't immediately, you know, say, well, I'm going to go be a Navy SEAL. I mean, I actually looked at a bunch of different things. I looked at flying jets for the Marine Corps. I looked at working on an oil rig. I looked at, you know, just taking a year off and skiing and traveling. And, you know, I looked at things that were, that fired me up, like that I was, could be passionate about that because I was really into fitness and adventure and travel and leadership and those types of things. And the SEALs were in there, but, you know, I couldn't, like I said, back then in the 80s, I couldn't go try to be a SEAL. So what I did was a deep, created this deep visualization practice where I called uh, wearing, I called it wearing the clothes. And so I, I initially would, I chose one of them and I visualized myself, you know, wearing the clothes of being a Marine Corps pilot and literally climbing into the cockpit of a jet and, and spooling up the engines and going through the checklist and taking off and, you know, I visualize myself in the air, um, even in combat. I visualize myself in the ready room, uh, all the downtime. You know, I just, as best I could, I went through yeah. and I lived it in my mind. And then I yeah. did the same thing, you know, uh, as an oil rig roughneck. And I did the same thing as a Navy SEAL. And what I found is that I really liked the experience, the visualized experience of being a Navy SEAL far better than being a, a pilot or a roughneck or whatever, or any of the other ones. Wow. And when I combined that with my, you know, analysis, my research, and just my gut, that kept leading me toward the SEALs. And so, you know, back to what you're saying, I think ideally, if you can get a real experience, go for it. But the next best thing is a richly visualized experience where you literally go and you pretend, you know, that yeah. you are doing that job. And you, and you try it on for size. You wear the clothes for a few weeks. Pretty That's cool. great. That's a great exercise. I'm writing that one down. I'm gonna steal. It. I'm stealing that one. That's good. You got good. it, man. Free, no charge. <laughs> good for you. Good shit. Listen, I know we've been going for uh, about a half hour. I want to try to keep these things about to this time length because people are busy and want to be sensitive to that. But um, before we go, can you just let our listeners know, like, uh, you know, if you were, if someone, let's just say that whoever's listening to this um, stumbled upon your website and contacted you and said, "Listen, you know." Can you just give me um, three ideas that I can apply in my life, you know, today, this week, this month, that will have a immediate impact and help get me uh, moving in a better direction? Three ideas. Um, I'll just give you the ones that I'm playing with currently because sure. I'm I'm always learning. I'm always developing. Uh, the, the first one, just this idea that our thoughts, how we view things, um, is what creates our reality. It creates our experience. You started off the call today with that. That was very powerful that what you were thinking about what was happening as you were leading the Kokoro camp right. was what was creating your experience of it. And that was informing you of, you know, about, well, do I like this or not? And you get into these places like, oh, bummer or whatever. Right. Uh, instead of if you were to shift your thinking about it, then you shift your experience. And that's been a really powerful thing because I think it's really easy for us to get into this place where the world needs to change, my wife needs to change, my job needs to change, all these <laughs> external things need to change, right. and then I'll be okay. And it's true. Like That would be great if we could change those things. But I, more and more, I'm just seeing how powerful it is to examine our thinking first, mm -hmm. to examine what thought am I choosing to believe over and over again 
that is creating this limitation or it's creating, it's keeping me from having a greater experience of freedom, love, passion, or peace. Awesome. And so I, I think that that's huge. Um, the other one, I, I, it come back to this idea of waiting, no need to wait. You know, what are we waiting for? And so I like to just, I just, I'd like to put an arrow right through that, that there's, there's something we need some kind of permission or we need to feel something first or we need to not feel fear or anything like that. Like the first thing is just to, to start to see that that's the limitation. It's not knowing is okay. Let's go experiment. Let's mm-hmm. go try some things. Mm-hmm. But there's an idea that we should be feeling something first or we should not be feeling this or that. I like to just put that aside. Let's mm-hmm. go try something. What are you willing to risk at this point? And, and, and really just the importance of action, that the transformation happens when we start to take action. Right. Um, and there's a difference. I mean, there's, there's guys that can go out there and be really busy and they can be, you know, creating their day where they're just doing tons of stuff, but it doesn't matter. I help guys get into what really matters and what will really make a difference. And a lot of times that what will make a difference is what we're avoiding. It's right. something vulnerable. There's something risky about that, that action. But I like to know, I like to put that one right up top for him and say, look, you know if you do this, this is what's going to make this day extraordinary for you. Right. Why don't we knock it out first thing in the morning? Right. Uh, and so I, I love to just train guys to help, help them get into that mindset of that one or two things. If they did those things that, that day, it's good. They're, they've got a golden day. Right. And they feel much better. Their, their, whole, their, whole, uh, their whole experience is much better because they're not putting things off. And they don't have that kind of psychological drain of, of, of avoiding that thing and, uh, and it's tearing them down. Right. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I got to write that. I got to go back and write that down and, and uh, remind myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now you've got a new blog post right there. Boom. <laughs> That's awesome, Chip. That's why these calls are so much fun. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, good luck with everything, getting settled in and down in North Carolina and uh, good luck with your podcast. Keep up the great work and uh, please let us know if there's anything we can do to uh, help you out on our end here. Thank you, Mark. It's always a pleasure. I, I love the work that you're doing. I love telling people about what you're doing. And uh, yeah. please, please keep it up. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Trip. All right, folks. Uh, that was great. Well, uh, collectively, thanks, Trip. You can find him at uh, Trip Lanier. Um, ooh, what's your website? Yeah, triplanier.com, T-R-I-P-P-L-A-N-I-E-R.com. And okay. the podcast is The New Man. You can find it on iTunes or you can go to thenewmanpodcast.com. Yeah, check it out. And um, good stuff. All right, Trip. thanks again. And folks, uh, we'll see you next time. Train hard, stay safe, have a ball. Hoo-yah, Coach Devine out. All right, I hope you enjoyed that show. That podcast was brought to you by MetLife Defender, complete internet identity protection. You can check out the information at the link for MetLife Defender at our website at sealfit.com. Make sure you get home, boys.